Welcome to Basic to Bougie, the podcast, a totally new experience, one you're sure to love. We've taken our passion of business, finance, relationships, hot topics, and more, and collided them as a sisterhood into what we now call womenhood. Join your host, Melissa Martin, certified NLP life and business coach, hypnotherapy expert, and one bed mamma-jamma businesswoman on this wild ride as we detour through life, showing you how to take the basics and turn them into what we call the bougie. are you? Hey, can you hear me? Okay. It's a little fuzzy, but that's okay. We can definitely with it. Let me just do a quick intro. Hey guys, welcome to basic to bougie, the podcast. I'm Melissa. Let's dive on in. We are live with Wendy Mendez from kitchen. We're super excited to have you. Welcome. Welcome. Hi, Melissa. How are you? I'm fantastic. You're sounding a little echoey. Can you hear us? Okay. No, the problem was I couldn't hear you through my phone, so I put up the speaker. Oh, okay. Well, then it's good. We'll totally work with it. No worries. As long as you can hear me, that's good. (laughs) So tell us, Wendy, who is Wendy? Um, I am a wanderer. I wandered from Pennsylvania on a farm to New York City in a restaurant and kind of just found myself there. Oh, I love that. I love that, Wendy. So it's actually what my name means. My name means wanderer. So it's kind of fitting. Oh, amazing. I didn't know that. That is kind of fitting. So tell yeah. us a little bit about how you ended up in New York. Because you're from Pennsylvania and then you landed in New York. How did you how did you land there? Um, I followed a boy. <laughs> Always a boy. So is a boy. Um, no, actually, I uh, I followed a boy and my desire to find bigger places. Uh, my boyfriend at the time was from New York City, and we weren't having the best of luck in Pennsylvania. So when he wanted to leave, we both left. Mm-hmm. And that was 10 years ago as of September of this year. Wow. Do you like living in New York? I love it. I am probably never moving until I retire. (laughs) (laughs) What, what got you into cooking and baking and all of these great things that you do? Oh, that is a good one. So I have been cooking since I could reach the stove on a chair with my grandmother. Um, Because of the farm and being with my grandmother all the time, we always cooked, we always grew our own food, we knew where things came from. So a lot of my early life kind of centered around food. Mm-hmm. Um, and started working. I was a busser and we didn't have somebody in the kitchen one day. And that's how I wound up in the kitchen. I just went back on a whim. Um, and yeah, and then so I, I worked my way up from being a, basically a prep guy to being a sous chef and a pastry chef. Well, I've tasted your cake pop. Your stuff's pretty amazing, girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely make it with love. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can taste it. You definitely can taste it. Hard work and dedication. Yes. I love. So for my listeners, I always send out a pre-interview questionnaire or 
up questions of such. And I love how you wrote first pastry, then savory. And that is so true. And when I, when I read that, I immediately thought of you just knowing you, how I do, I, I immediately thought of you because watching you cook, you know, make things in my kitchen and, and all of this, it was, it really is who you are. For, for those that don't know Wendy, Wendy is really one amazing individual and she her true authentic self truly comes out in her baking and her cooking and all of these things and it it really does um it really does show wendy it's it's pretty amazing well thank you yeah absolutely i, uh, I do love it i especially love like doing it with you guys because you hadn't done that thing before and i like to take the mystery out of pastry because the end product looks so insane. You have no idea how to get there. None. But <laughs> it's, it's really just a series of baby steps. It's just a lot of baby steps. She's lying. It's a tremendous, it's more than a lot. <laughs> it's so many baby <laughs> steps into one. And you, but you make it so effortless. You make it flow so wonderfully. And the product on the end was to die for. I mean, I was so upset. I was playing in the morning. I wanted to smuggle the cake. <laughs> oh, we'll have to come and make them for you again. Yes, it was so good. It was so good. So I know everyone's going to be dying to know this. So tell us how in the world did you started with Hell's Kitchen. Oh, um, that's actually a funny story. So I know I have I, it in front of me. I can't wait to hear it out of your mouth. <laughs> I, um, I was actually looking for a job. Uh, I was unhappy with where I was. And so I had been seeking a job and going through all of the websites and whatnot. And I guess I was a little delusional because it was like one, two o'clock in the morning and I saw the ad for the Hell's Kitchen and I thought it was funny and you had to answer like a bazillion questions. So I answered like three or four pages, you know, worth of questions and shenanigans and I emailed it back and I didn't hear anything. So I was like, oh, well, that was fun, I guess. That's cool. At least I tried. And so I went about my business. And I got a job. And then I got an email with a bazillion more questions. Um, and at first, I was like, is this really just a test to see if I have the endurance to answer all these pages of questions multiple times? <laughs> um, but, but I did. I, uh, I got through all of them. And then they sent me to a talent agent here in New York City. Um, she was a bit of a crazy lady. She literally just kind of swore at me the whole time. Uh, I was really? a little late, which made it. Wow. Oh, my goodness. She, she swore at me the whole time. She was, she's this crazy New York lady. Like, oh, my goodness. But she wasn't, like, swearing at me in, like, a mean way. It was almost as in, like, a little more extreme than your typical line cook kind of way. Because there's a lot of swearing that happens in a kitchen. It's not necessarily always ill-intended or necessarily even at someone right. mostly it's at inanimate objects um but I felt really down because I really thought she hated mm. me and so I came home and I, I kind of like cried to my husband I was like I think I messed mm. it up um and then so I went back on with my life again and uh I received an email about flying out to California to wow. take headshots and do more interviews and to like do all this shenanigans and so I was super excited I was like oh I guess I didn't mess it up. I'm going to go do this. This is going to be fun. I'm going to get to see the Pacific Ocean. It'll be a good time. That is super cool. So I, It was super cool. I went out. I met some cool people. You know, we kind of, uh, we did all of our weird things and whatnot. 
But they kept trying to impress upon us that just because we had made it that far didn't necessarily mean that we were going to be on the show. Which I thought was kind of odd to fly you all the way out there for that purpose. Right. But I guess the screen test or whatever they call it, they like wanted to put you on film and whatnot. Um, was there a lot of you out there? There was a decent bit of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and in retrospect, I think it was just to keep us on their toes because basically everybody who I saw out there was either on the season before me or on my season. Wow. Yeah. So I, I don't know how many other people were actually there, but I don't think there were many. I, I think they basically just tell you that so you don't stick around. Right. You know, so you don't cause a ruckus and then they have to find somebody else. Right. <laughs> um, so you get all so, the way out there and you're doing you get all this. the way out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do the headshots and on everything and, um, and they start talking to us about it. And then it becomes abundantly clear that I'm going to have to tell the job I just took that I need to mysteriously leave during the busiest season of the year. Oh, no. <laughs> and I can't tell them why. Oh, no. So, oh, my gosh. Yes. You're muted. You couldn't say anything. Because wow. I signed NDAs. NDAs. Part of taking us out to California is to make us sign the non-disclosure agreements. Oh my contract. gosh, what did you say? What was your reasoning? Um, I just quit the job. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my I gosh, just, that's crazy. Yeah, I just, I just left. I was like, I have to take this time off. I'm sorry. And I mean, when they make you sign the paperwork, the paperwork literally says that they can sue you for like something ridiculous. Yeah, like they're three no quarters joke. of a million dollars. It's like hundreds mm-hmm. of thousands of dollars. And it's like ridiculous. Wow. Um, yeah, so I, I wasn't about to say anything. Like, my no. family didn't even know I was gone. I know. Your mom told me that. I was like, you didn't even know? She's like, no, when you couldn't even tell me. I'm like, oh, Nina. <laughs> no, no, I will say, side note, you've met my mother. She's not very yes. good at keeping things to herself. I, we love so Nina around people. here, yes. But she, yeah, I, you know, it's it's cute. For those who don't know, Wendy's brother is, is, is my Sierra's boyfriend. And so our families have been intertwined for a few years now. Um, so that's so cool. So you're out there and your family doesn't know and you've left your job and then what happens? Um, well, they kind of keep you isolated for the first couple of days when you get there. Oh, wow. I guess to like, uh, get over jet lag and kind of like get you in that like groove of doing what they want you to do. Mm-hmm. It becomes like this regimented thing, you know, but not really, but there's definitely like a hierarchy of you can't go here. You can't go there. You have to talk to this person. These people take you here. Like, um, it's this whole process and whatnot. Um, wow. but yeah, but then like you go in, you start shooting and it's, it's kind of intense. Were you nervous? What, um, honestly, my biggest goal when I went in was I didn't want to be the first person kicked off. Nobody wants to be the first person. You obviously surpassed that. <laughs> yeah, that's what said, but that was my, like, when yeah. I got there, I was like, oh my goodness. I don't know how everybody else, I, I often have like imposter syndrome where I don't feel like I belong at that point. <sighs> we're like, oh man, all these other people are so much better than me. I'm going to die. Yeah, no. Oh no. <laughs> Until I got there, I started cooking with these people. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so my, I guess my goal was just to see how far it would go and how long I could last. It was, it was all kind of a whim and half a joke in the first place. Mm-hmm. So 
I feel like because of that, I didn't put as much pressure on myself. You know, like I didn't yeah. over, like I didn't give myself so much anxiety. I didn't like over exhaust myself about it because I was kind of lighthearted about it. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, I think that's part of why I did well at some things. Like there were, there were some things within the show that I did really well on. Um, but a lot of the emotional tanglements and the, uh, the dealing with other people on the show, I don't know how many chefs, you know, well, actually I do, but, um, we're very big personalities, each and every Mm -hmm. one of us. Right. Um, so to put 16 chefs in four bedrooms in a house. Is that what it was? Uh, four bedrooms. It was four bedrooms. Wow. I think it was four. It was two, two for the boys and then two for the girls. So oh, was four how was that like? Um, we, we froze. That would be my first... equivalent to hell. <laughs> I mean, oh, it was bad. Yeah. Well, not to disclose too much, but it was basically a yeah. warehouse, not a house. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. So, because they have to have room for all the lighting and rigging for the cameras and all, you know, so they can't like, it's easier for them to build that in a warehouse than try to modify a house. Yeah. But the problem is, is that once they turn all the lights off, there's no insulation to keep anything warm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And our blankets were basically decorations. Mm. So for the first like four nights we froze. Oh my word. At first, you're all like, and it's weird because then at this point, everything that happens to you, you all like get together and try to discuss whether they're like just emotionally messing with us or if this is actually like a thing. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, we did eventually get blankets and like, it was like having sisters again. Well, that's you know, what I was every... going to ask you. Who did you connect with yeah. the most? Um, well, my, uh, the person next to me um, in my room, like the, my not my bed mate, but like basically mm-hmm. my bunk mate um, yeah. was Ryan. Yes. Uh, who, wa- who went on to won- win the show. Um, mm-hmm. She was like the physically, physically the closest to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, we were kind of like sisters in that way where we did some really great things together. Yeah, you did. Um, I watched your season. You did for sure. Yeah, we did. We did some really awesome things. But then there was also like, when do you snore? And I was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean it was just like it was being sisters in that way um but uh but yeah she's she's definitely one of the ones that I talked to the most um I've recently seen Heather and Heidi so uh that was a lot of fun yeah for sure and but you're still cooking with Kim right um I have been yes okay. I um I would go out and do pop-up dinners out in Michigan with her when I lived in Chicago for a short period of time um, that is right so after the cool. show aired. Yeah, it was it's a lot of fun. Um mm-hmm. I got to uh I got to go out to have the like finale party out there. Mm-hmm. Um because I moved to Chicago and didn't know anyone and therefore had no viewing parties of my own, um, which kind of sucked and was bad timing. Yeah. Uh, but I made friends up in Michigan, so I got to go up and have fun and it was a it was a great time. Uh but I would say that's the thing that I most gained from the show, however, is the friends. Yeah. Because I, I met a lot of cool people, and then I met a couple of cool people because of being on the show who kind of, like, reached out to me. Um, so, but, yeah, definitely one of the better things that came from the show that's unexpected was meeting cool people. 
That's so cool. It's always a byproduct, right? When you join something is the people you meet along the way because you're there to do a job. But the friends and the people and the memories are always the byproduct. And that's super cool because it's everlasting. Um, that is, that's really cool. I, I got to ask, what in the world was it like working for the man? Because, I mean, is it as horrible as it looks on TV? Um, in all honesty, it looks horrible to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's ever actually worked in a kitchen understands that service is a different creature than the rest of life. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I know you, you've sat on the other end of yeah. being in a busy restaurant and sitting and mm-hmm. waiting for your food. And so, and then food coming back only pushes the kitchen back further. Yeah. So the biggest thing about Chef Ramsay was that he wanted perfection and if you didn't give it to him that was a big problem and with any chef it's like that it's just not as dramatic nor filmed I mean girlfriend it looks a little bit more like on tv a little crazier um you know I've had a lot of people write in and say we want to know about Ramsey and I'm like well she's gonna tell us so you know it's really interesting because you have put it so eloquently however <laughs> it looks a little different on TV you know we get the whole feeling of he's there to do a job he's definitely there mm-hmm. to help and guide but it's like almost mm-hmm. like he's got that reputation right and and after the fact it's it's because you know I know other people who are on the show and so I've I've yeah. asked the same question and I went through the same thing and and it's almost interesting the the answers that I've gotten thus far and they're right pretty much on board with you and it, it's so I it, the irony of what TV and the media makes something look like and and what he's really like and so that's interesting to hear you repeat what I've heard before about how it is working with him. Yeah, well, it's it is it is shocking you know, to a lot of people, and they do kind of, like, I guess, play it up a little extra, but, like, before service, chef comes around, you know, is every, are you guys ready, are you guys good, you know, service is coming up, um, when, uh, when I did well on the palate challenge, he was Mm -hmm. really proud of me, which was kind of nice. That's so cool. Yeah, 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 that, that was really cool, um, but, so, it's, it's, uh, it's weird to say, but maybe it's more like a father relationship, yeah. Where like dad's not gonna let you screw up without consequences, but he's always also gonna be like, Hey, you did a good job. I'm proud of you. That is so cool. You know, it I I don't know if it was you or if it was somebody else that told me, you know, we were talking about um I actually think it was the other person. Uh, I can't mention their name just not yet because we haven't signed our contract, but um we were talking about um Julia Childs and the movie that they did with Julia and Julia. And how mm-hmm. everyone thought Julia Childs was this mean lady. And really, she really wasn't. And it took, like, the end of watching her movie and diving into all of it to find out she really, again, you say, like, a father figure for Chef Ramsay. But for, like, her, she was, like, a mother figure. And it's so interesting mm-hmm. the way that, like, these these important people who have, who are really, you know, changing history. Because I don't know of anything other than America right now, this decade, would a show like this be as successful, right? So it's it's really interesting to get your take on that. Do you still, or do you still stay in contact with him? Uh, no, I don't know if anybody really does who doesn't work for him. Like there are a couple yeah. of us that went off and worked for him, but eh, yeah. he's a busy man. <laughs> yeah, he's a very busy man. Um, so when you when you leave here, okay, when you leave the show and you come back to your life, 
what in the world was that like? Because you were there for a, a minute. It was it was a while. Um, yeah, I was I was gone for uh, basically a month and a half from the beginning of November until just before Christmas. Wow. That was a, that's a while. It's a while to be MIA. Your family has no idea where you are. That's a while, babe. That's a while. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Well, and I, and I spent like, I spent Thanksgiving with a stranger, which was kind of odd, like eating in like a weird, like almost diner situation. Like, yeah. Um, but, but coming home, uh, coming home was interesting. I got married about two weeks before I went on the show. Oh my goodness. Uh, so uh, that was interesting. That was fun. I was like, bye, honey. Love you. Uh, See you, bye. Like, yeah, right. I'll see you when I come back. Um, <laughs> my, my kittens were bo- born when I was gone. We had uh, just rescued a cat that turned out to be pregnant. Oh, wow. And, what a surprise. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, it turned out she was pregnant when we got her. Um, I think that that's why whoever had her tossed her out. Mm-hmm. So, so we kept her, and I came home to kittens. Aww. So, yeah, so that was awesome. Um, but it was very weird to, like, to come home. Literally, I think it was the 23rd of December. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, I'm schlepping through the airport at Christmas time. Oh, man. <laughs> that's a feat within <laughs> itself. Yes, yes. And after being like away from home. And... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But at oh, least since crazy. it was Christmas, I had that like guaranteed time with my husband to recover. Yeah. You know, we got to spend the day and everything together. So that's super cool. And he, he, did he, and did he support you while you were out there and, you know, cheer you on? Were you allowed to like, I mean, obviously your husband, I would say, would have to know where you could be. He'd probably be the number one person that was allowed to know. Yes? No? Yes. Um, my yes. husband knew, um, and uh, my one sister knew, because they were my emergency contacts. Right. Well, good. At least somebody so knew where know. you were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had to know in case something happened to me. Mm-hmm. So well, my, uh, yeah, my one sister and uh, my husband were both my emergency contacts. So they both knew where I was. Um, and I guess my husband, they called my husband, the parent, well, they told me they called my husband. Um, I don't really know. They don't really let you talk to anybody. Uh, what? So I kept asking, You're sequestered? Oh, God, yeah. The whole time. What? I had no idea about time. that. Oh, I didn't oh, know that. From, like, from, from the moment you get off that plane, essentially until, Till you go to leave, they take they take everything from you. They take your cell phone and all that shenanigans. Um, they don't have clocks or calendars anywhere. Oh my goodness! Um, so you're you're like very disoriented with time and everything. And it's the only way we could tell what day it was. Sometimes was that I think it was Tuesday. I can't remember which day it was, but there was one day a week where the crew needs a day off. Yeah. So instead of letting things happen that they don't see and can't capture, they would sequester us all in a hotel overnight. Oh my, what in the world was that like? Not fun. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, it was more relaxing than being there because at least we got a cushy bed to sleep on by ourselves. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, you're just all alone. 
I oh, yuck. That doesn't sound like fun at all. Well, that leads me into my next question. What was your number one takeaway from that experience? Um, I think that I deserved more confidence than I gave myself. That I should have set higher goals for myself in the beginning, I think. Um, but like I said, I really didn't think that I was going to, I didn't really think it was going to last very long. I didn't, uh, I hadn't been an actual like savory chef for very long. I was mostly a pastry chef and, you know, it necessarily wasn't a pastry show. Right. Uh, which I think is why I had such big apprehensions. Um, but, but you made it far, girl. You did a heck of a job. So you definitely don't give yourself enough credit. Well, thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, I, I am proud of the things I did. Like I am only one of two people, I believe, to get all of the palette challenge correct. That is super cool. So, yeah, yeah. So that was fun. So what's and, uh, like... Also... Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's fine. I was going to say, it's also kind of funny that there are like memes of me and like gifts of me that well you're jumping into me because i was just gonna say that i was gonna say what's life like being a gif <laughs> it's it's freaking hilarious it makes me laugh so hard um especially since some of them are like action shots of us in the kitchen and whatnot um it's super weird having a wikipedia page i think it's super uh, cool yeah i have scrubbed my birthday from the internet <laughs> How in the what in the what you did what? How do you do that? It doesn't say it anywhere. My my Facebook doesn't say it. My Wikipedia page doesn't say it. There is there is no nowhere I can find on the internet that tells you it's my birthday. And you did that for what reason, Madame? Uh, I hate the I hate the like uh what do you call that? I hate the like necess like the necessary niceties of mm -hmm. always responding to everybody and wishing everybody a happy birthday and all the shenanigans. Oh, so even before I did the show, I wasn't really like about it. And right. so I, uh, and then when these other things happened, I just happened to make sure that they also didn't contain that information. So you're just protecting your peace or you're protecting your peace. That's, that's, that's always, yeah, that's always a good thing. You know, we, um, we around here take that very seriously, you know, protecting your, your peace, your space, your boundaries, all of that. Yeah. Yeah, what? no, definitely. I definitely for that to be like a peaceful day. <laughs> Agreed. What's life been like for you during the pandemic and after this pandemic? Well, we're still in it. So I want to say post, but you can't really, cause we're currently still living it. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Pre-pandemic was, especially here in the city, was another creature. Um, the, the coronavirus really hit us hard and fast. And there are so many of us in such a small area. Mm -hmm. And so many people who were still considered uh, essential. Yeah. That, uh, that we, we lost large sectors of industries um the biggest demographic of people in the city to die like the um vocational demographic was line cooks wow we we lost so many good guys in the kitchen good ladies guys just good kitchen workers um because they were still working through the entire pandemic because people still needed to eat needed to eat yeah wow so, um 
Yeah. So a lot of them passed, and a lot of those who didn't pass retired if they could. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people just got out of the business, uh, especially since there was a lot of smack talk going around about not so much like the New York City high end, but the like the the folks who you know work in your small town fast food restaurant. They're like, oh, get a better job. Well, that's why. You know, we're having the combination of reasons why we're having such issues in restaurants and why waits are so long. And, uh, you know, people get upset when it's like, oh, well, you just tried to walk in on a Friday night. I don't have a reservation for you for three hours. Yeah. (laughs) And they, you know, here it's a combination of like staff and space. But it's it's definitely a cyclical thing. It it flows into like everyday life. Uh, So even the crew and the staff that we had before is totally different than where you are now. So you like anybody good who's left is left feeling a little off. Um, it's gotta be strange. Working. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every one of our hostesses that at work now is like under 20 years old. It's, <sighs> it's, it's a lot of a bunch of kids. There's not yeah. those like good gnarly grizzly old guys left. Now, do you find yourself wanting to go back? Well, maybe we should step back. If, if you want to tell everyone what you're doing these days, because I know a lot of people are curious, but I know, so I'm going to make it a two-part. Do you find yourself going back to doing pastry or savory when you're done doing what you're currently doing? Um, well, I am, I am currently um, hostessing and bar backing. I started having issues during the pandemic of seizures. And um, unfortunately, was told I'm not supposed to operate heavy equipment. Hmm. So I have uh, unfortunately stepped out of the kitchen for a small period of time um, just to make sure that that is completely under the control. Yeah. But I could not leave the industry I have been in for the past 20 years and that, you know, I literally uprooted my life to pursue. Right. Uh, so. I um, and I understand. I started as a busser, so I basically understand all of the the jobs in a restaurant. Uh, so yeah, so I'm I'm kind of in the front of house right now for a little bit. Um, I have not been seizure free for quite a year. Um, That's amazing. But once that happens, is when you can you know when you yeah. have things under control, you kind of start going back that direction. So. It's amazing uh, how that just happened, but like not in a good way. Amazing. Like it's amazing how the seizures just happened and that came about and it's just disrupted your life and girl. Yeah. 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 No, it was a, it, it was a bit of a mess, but you know, like everything else, you just kind of have to figure out something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the good news is that, you know, there's always a silver lining to a cloud. Always. Mm-hmm. I, I had to change my diet. Well, you look fabulous. Um, well, thank you. That's, that's the moral of the story. Yes. Is, uh, is I had to change my diet, which I did, uh, which le- led to some weight loss, which was nice. Um, and then the fact that I live in New York City and don't own a car uh, means I get plenty of exercise. So, uh, so yeah, so I am a trimmer, fitter me. Um, I'm a more health conscious me, uh, mostly because I have to be. Yeah. Um, but but still, I think I think in the long run, for my overall over overlong health, it definitely made me like look at myself and be like, "Yo, <clears throat> I'm getting old. I've got to I've got to check on these things. I've got to you know I've got to do stuff." So 
I got a mammogram and I did all kinds of stuff because I'm like at that age. Yeah. So well, those are so important it, it, for sure. Yeah, it was it was horrible, but I mean, it pushed me to. Take they're care never of easy, babe. <laughs> oh my the, goodness! The pancake sessions are never easy. No, not at all. No, not at all. So, but so, it's it's better than the alternative in the long run. So. Oh, that's what I was going to say. It's always better. And it's always better to be preventative now than wait for yeah. the alternative to happen. And I know I've gotten a lot of questions on this. So I have to ask, what are you doing for the holidays? And are you going to cook? Um, I'll be quite honest with you. I am trying to finally have a holiday. I don't have to cook. <laughs> I bet you are. Well, my husband... Um, in case we haven't explained, my husband is also a chef. No, we uh, didn't. So, I didn't bring him in on purpose. I was going to let you do that. Oh, well, my, my husband is also a chef. Uh -huh. uh, so we kind of get volunteered for the family to make the dinner. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we even did his brother's wedding. Like I made her wedding cake. We made all the food. Um, I believe last year for Christmas, I made a prime rib. Ooh, uh, listen, yeah, you might yeah. have to come sleep at Airbnb again because we might want some of that. <laughs> some of that. Oh, my goodness. It, it takes days. I'm warning you. <laughs> wow. I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, it was, uh, we usually kind of get like the, be the, we are usually are the ones who wind up cooking. Uh, so, but this year I'm trying to not have to do that just because of like. Take the year off. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Just issues and trying to get back in the swing. And I'm currently working in Times Square. That's um, wild to me. Yeah. Oh my goodness, so stressful. Yeah, it's wild to me you're in Times Square doing this. What did you say in my kitchen? I think you said, you know, it was during the the peak of the of the coronavirus, the pandemic, when the when Times Square was peaceful and there was no one there, it was almost eerily quiet, but it was had this this sense of beauty within itself. And now everybody's back and it's so different. I, I can't remember exactly how you explained it, but something like that. And so for me, seeing you with no one there and then going back to all these people filling Times Square has got to be overwhelming at times. It, it is. It, it really is. It was when when the pandemic was happening um, and, you know, we did kind of wa wander out every once in a while, um, there was nobody. There was nobody in the train. I can't my even imagine so it. Yeah. My, my neighborhood was so quiet, you could hear the birds. <laughs> and in New York, that's hard. Yeah. And it was, it was crazy because it was, like, eerie and haunting because it was, like, beautiful birds singing. And then all of a sudden it'd be an ambulance. And so in the beginning, the very beginning, when like they, everyone was dying and we first started locking down, those were the only two things you could hear were birds and ambulances. Mm, and it was scary. like this weird, always oh, this weird, like haunting juxtaposition between like the beauty and the fury of what nature can do. And it's just, I don't know, it, it was, it was a little surreal. So everything was almost like a graveyard. Yeah. Everything was kind of quiet and empty. And, you know, every, everybody who could get out of the city did. College kids are gone. Anybody with a second home is gone. Uh, anybody who's kind of old and over it, gone. Uh, so, so it was definitely, like, very eerie and very quiet. But also, at the same time, then, very peaceful. Yeah. Uh, so, now, so now it's back to bright lights and lots of music and lots bright of Bright lights, big city. 
Oh my goodness. So, uh, so yeah, I think that the worst part is, is that the tourist seems slower and more lost. <laughs> what did you say? We can tell tourists because they smile. <laughs> what was it? Or they say hello or something. I forget what you said. Yeah, something like that. You, you can tell tourists for two in two ways. They smile at you and they're always looking up. <laughs> Not like at your face, but like yes. above. At the buildings and the sky and the signs. And the... <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's really funny. The third way is that they're almost always inappropriately dressed for the weather. Oh my gosh. Well, that's always true. I, I think every time I go to New York, I always have to buy a pair of shoes. It doesn't matter how I come, what I wear. And my family's from New York. So when I tell you, like I have New York in my blood, so I'm usually right on it, but I always, I'm still that touristy, non-touristy version of myself. I either have to buy a pair of boots, buy a new pair of sneakers, or my flip-flops break because somebody's stepping on the back of them. New oh York. my goodness. Always. Yes. No, I will not even wear open toe shoes in the city. I no. Only wear flip flops in my house. Yeah, that's for sure. It definitely it's New York is definitely it's the concrete jungle, baby. Definitely the yeah, concrete jungle. So I have to ask. It would be doing a disservice if I didn't ask. Will you share with us a recipe that you have that's quick and easy for yeah. something? Yes. All right. Oh, look it. I took a picture of it. Fantastic. This was my homework assignment. Yay! This is a pure treat. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, of course. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to, uh, to tell you this too. And there's a little, little secret to it that I didn't mention. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, do you have a, are you going to put it up on the website? I am. Or do you have a website? To put it up? Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So, um, the recipe I gave you yep. is for, um, a sweet potato loaf. So kind everybody, like, I'm uh, going to put that in the link and I'm also going to transfer it over to Facebook where you guys can have the picture in there as well. So for everyone listening, I'm going to put it in the link and I'm going to also put a copy of the picture on Facebook of what she's describing. All right. So the, the, the picture does need a little explaining. Okay. There are many numbers on the picture. Um, the numbers all the way to the right, the cups are going to be your measurements for home and what that will make is either two loaf pans like a pumpkin bread or 24 cupcakes so um but yes it's like a little spice bread um you make it with sweet potatoes i like to put chocolate chips in it mm. Uh, mm, yes it sounds a little odd no it doesn't um, it sounds delicious it's especially if they're like a semi-sweet you know that kind of like bitter more yeah. bitter chocolate it's it's a really good juxtaposition to the the sweetness in the spice and the potatoes. That's so, but the best way to ever add the best way to ever add chocolate chips to anything is to toss them in a little bit of your flour before you put them in your batter. There you go, folks. A new way to add chocolate. I had no idea about that either. But hey, I didn't even know about the fluffing of the whatever you did in my kitchen. So the kitchen is not my my happy place. <laughs> We, we creamed the butter. Is we, we creamed the butter. <laughs> we creamed the butter. Learned how to do that. Yes. What it else? Doesn't do we... seem like it, but led to that puffy, delicious, light cake. And that beautiful cake. What else to do? Should we tell them about the recipe so we can get that up there? Anything else you think? Yeah, of course. Um, my handwriting is terrible. Um, <laughs> but we're gonna type. My, this so out is for mine. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's a, it's a recipe that I uh, actually made 
for a coffee shop that I worked at here in the city pre-pandemic. Oh, that is super um, cool. Yeah, so it, it is something that we did put on the menu that we did make every day. Um, it's really good if you cut it down in the loaves and, like, toast it almost. Mm-hmm. Um, like French toast style a little bit, not with the egg, but, like, with a little bit of butter in the pan and then just kind of make it toasty brown. Oh, yummy. Yeah, it's really good, and it heats it up nice, and it gives it that little bit of crunch on the outside. Well, so everybody who tries to make this, you have to tell me if you like it. Again, I'm going to put it in our link, and I'm going to put it on Facebook with a picture of our scratch writing and all of that good stuff. And don't forget about the trick with the chocolate chips, because that's super cool. Wendy, we appreciate you so much. Tell everybody how they can find you currently. Uh, well, currently, I, um, I have a Facebook fan page at Chef Wendy Mendez. Um, I am on my Instagram that is also at Chef Wendy Mendez. Um, and that's where I typically post my food photos anymore. Um, just cause I feel like that's a larger ranging platform for people. Uh, so, but yeah, definitely, uh, check that out. I do post my fun things that I do both at home and at work. Super uh, cool. So. Super cool girlfriend. Well, listen, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, of course. I appreciate you, love. It was wonderful to talk to you again. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. We we just we just are so excited and I can't wait to see what you do next in the big world because girlfriend, you are amazing. Thanks again. Thank For you so much. Have a happy holiday, love. You too. You too. For Basic to Bougie the podcast, I'm Melissa. Have a great day.